As a forward, again, you only need one chance to ruin his 70 minutes. You have to have that mentality all the time. I only one ball here. You're in trouble again. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. The 1895 podcast is brought to you by Off The Ball, official media partner of Shelburne FC. The 1895, the official Shelburne podcast, exclusive to Patreon. I'm angry, I'm angry, Tony, I have to be honest. Murray! 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 Shelburne! Noel Murray! Has she won it for the Reds? What a goal! Here's a chance off! Shane Farrell! And Shells lead 2-0! I'm sorry, Tony, but I'm, I'm, I'm angry as well. I was angry before the game. I've been angry for a long time. And she gets the winning goal here. Slattery! Oh. Into the back of the net! That is what Jenkins do! That is what winners do! Pearl Slattery! Over the top by Sullivan. Hughes! Goal! Sheldon Lee! His cross stickers! Kildoff is the substitute and he scored! Shells lead! We are in to the 94th minute. And yeah. it's all over! <laughs> Champions! Our just reward. We deserve this. We deserve this big time. Here's your host, Darren Cleary. It is the 1895, the official podcast of Shelburne Football Club. Welcome along once again, and it is great to have you with us. It is the start of the season. Gavin White's here with me, and a very special guest in studio, Jack Moylan. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Let's. Great to have you here with us. Um, we're going to reflect on the opening game, a 3-0 defeat to St. Pat's. We're going to chat a little bit to Jack as well. And we're going to talk about some other big news in the week of the club, Gav, which we might get to straight away. Um, a lot going on off the pitch. Where do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could mean uh, one of both three or four things. Well, really, couldn't it? Let's, let's try to get it straight. Uh, we're loaded. Um, we've won the lottery there's a load of rich blokes from America now bankrolling us Jack's buying a mansion in Dublin 4 with his new wage Um, oh we're buying Talca of course uh, from Dublin City Council Um, yeah start with any of them I suppose yeah, no, it's definitely been the busiest week of my life um, in terms of press and stuff, and like it's it's been very interesting. Damien um, Duff's the Shells manager, of course. Don't forget Dame, that. Well, the interesting thing about that is that I, th- I like it's like even just the coverage around the last couple of days in the Athletic, the Guardian, you know, like two of the biggest sports publications in the world, let alone Europe, is 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 kind of. It's great, but I think I, we were talking to Jack previously, and uh, Damien kind of said it in the, the kind of after uh, in the post match interviews. Just kind of glad that Friday is over with, and we can just kind of get on with it now. Um, we've kind of done that bit of it now, and you know the cameras are, are where the cameras will obviously be there. But then, just in terms of the the, the novelty factor, I think is gone. Um, hopefully for majorly, and that, I think now we can kind of get on with it, which is good because we've got seriously big games coming up. Um, but then, yeah, obviously on on Sunday. We released the news that we've got new investments coming from um, uh, US and Irish investors. So I suppose context to this is that we announced previously that Chris Farrell had joined the strategic board of, of advisors. Uh, Chris is a very, very um, successful kind of financier and financial advisor. He was able to link us up with um, the people that were mentioned in the statement. Um, so they're 
good people um, interested in football interested in what we kind of had to pitch around um, the investment and, and the plans for the the, the, the club I, I think it seemed fairly vague in the statement in terms of five year plan five year plans essentially was to be really successful on and off the pitch in terms of um, whether it be facilities uh, but obviously coming back to where we want to be in terms of winning trophies hopefully and, and qualifying for Europe um, I, th- I think it'd be foolish not to have ambition Um I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. I think every club in the world wants to be successful, but we definitely do want to be successful at some stage um, in the not too, not too distant future. Um, a lot of people have asked where that money's going to go. It's 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 the fun to kind of those ambitions. It's not directly just for players, not directly for anything um, in terms of facilities or anything like that. It's just infrastructure, uh, infrastructure. But like also, it's 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 going to be used wisely um, and. I think with Dave, the CEO, um, and the, with the board, obviously we've got really, really sound financial footing now in terms of, you know, our operating profit. That's that's been minuscule last year, but we've been run really well. Everything's really sustainable. The whole point and what we're trying to do is create sustainable income sources, and that's true. Stuff like this, obviously, you see this amount of sponsorship that's kind of coming in. Um, and then obviously being able to explore new um, horizons, which is what you see with the investment. Um, the talking stuff, um, it, the statement is what it is um, from DCC. Um, I think it'd be wrong to kind of go into it too much because we don't want to... Uh, there's a process. To, there's a process yeah. that takes a good while. I mean, you can see how long this has taken, you know. It's um, like that. The original Bailiman deal was in 2016. That's six years ago. Um, so you, these things do take time. It'd be unfair of us to kind of comment on it publicly, but the statement is what the statement is. Um, and I, I, the the atmosphere on Friday night was amazing. You know, it was and and and, and interestingly, like you know, on, on social and stuff, we've put up a couple of things that like had talk in it. Whereas previously, that would have been a you know. That would have set people off. You'd avoid it because it'll lead to a blowback. Yeah, but now it's now it feels like we're a, a bit more one again, which is which is great. Um, so that that excites me. It's very exciting. Obviously, there's a process to conclude. So adding any more to the context of the DCC statement, none of us are in a position to to do so. But I think from just speaking as a fan first and foremost, and removing everything else from it, it's massively exciting. Like the club has never been in my lifetime in a position to to try and buy the ground it was always a bit of a folly it would never happen we'd never own Talca we'd always be a tenant of Talca so when you talk about that five year strategic plan you talk about ambition owning your own home and controlling your destiny about you know the bricks and mortar and a place to call your own is a massively positive step regardless of what the outcome may be the ambition to try and buy Talca and make it Shell's home forever in essence um, it's as a Shell's fan you know take your board member hat off you must be really excited absolutely I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't shed a tear when I saw a bit of confirmation of it um, but having said that also just want to uh, be realistic and, and you know we haven't bought it that's that, that's a fact uh, there was a couple of articles that said we have pulled out of daily bands that, that necessarily didn't happen but obviously there's connotations to us buying the ground but mm. you know it's it's it's, it's interesting um, it's definitely excitement um, yeah I, ho- I hope it goes it goes a certain way there um, which would be great but uh, yeah very exciting 
off the pitch as well the first meeting of the Independent Supporters Committee uh, happened last week it was a staging meeting so there was a little bit of confusion around the process uh, a bit of commentary online around the makeup and how the committee's run which incorrect so just to address it the committee is a 12 person committee it's designed to give an opportunity for Shells fans to engage directly with senior leadership of the club they meet regularly with the chairman um, the CEO and other uh, I guess cl- members of club leadership um, they'll be monthly with the club so the idea behind it was to create a fans representative group that was essentially chosen by the fans so to do that we approached the organised fan groups the likes of the BD, the likes of Save Talca Park, the 1895 Trust, Reds Independent and the Shells fans group on Facebook, which I think are the five most high profile and organised fans group out there. They were invited to put forward a nominee for the 12 person committee. The club didn't have say on who that nominee was. The club didn't hand pick that nominee. The fans groups themselves put forward a representative. So the 1895 Trust put forward Gavin Doherty, uh, Reds Independent put forward Barry Worthington and um, the 1895 the fans group page on Facebook put forward Eno Dowd who is is their their founder and one of their moderators so the the initial makeup of the fans group is a staging committee to get the the entire independent supporters committee up and running there are still opportunities to join that committee the first meeting uh, took place last week very very productive if you're a Shells fan you can contact one of the people I mentioned they'd be happy to share notes and give you a little bit of insight into what happened at the meeting if you have a question or something you want brought up at that meeting um, let one of those people I mentioned know or you can contact myself or Gav directly uh, slo at shelburnefc.ie is the email address and you're gavin.white at shelburnefc.ie um, we are still looking for, for members of that committee and the way it will work then is we will get a list of recommendations from um, the initial staging committee or the founding members that are on there now at the moment and from there we will fill the remaining vacant seats we'll have to be very cognizant and conscious of making sure that it's reflective uh, it has to be a committee that has a good split of male and female members uh, younger members older members season ticket holders non-season ticket holders and making sure as wide a group of the fan base are um, as represented as possible but Gav you were on that call I think um, for anyone who wasn't very very positive to see the club engaging proactively uh, with the fans in that way because it, it hasn't happened before definitely it hasn't happened before and that's that's that, that says it all really um, it was great to have a wide variation of personality as well because uh, I think one of the best things about us is that our, the range of personalities that we have within the different fans groups and different head cases and you know everything else that goes with it is good and like that way you get wild variations of opinion which is which is brilliant um, and then uh, you know I, I think the most encouraging thing as well was the fact that Dave and Andrew um, Andrew Doyle that they were very very engaged in it and very enthusiastic about it as well so yeah no, amazing um, all seems to be coming up Millhouse yeah uh, the supporters committee will meet monthly um, if you have something you want to raise at that meeting you can contact one of your supporters reps um, I've mentioned who they are we'll put it out as well there's still full places on the committee available so if you want to be on it there's still an opportunity to do so so once we have the full committee Gav you might throw out details of who the reps are how to contact them and uh, we can take it from there but there'll be another meeting early next month around the 12th or 13th um, so time to get your 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 oar in and have your say so very exciting time for the club and um, 
Jack Moylan, you've signed up at a time where the Reds are box office. You've picked a good time to join us. <laughs> yeah, we're probably never a better time to come in. I'm delighted to be here and it's, uh, it probably wasn't a great start, but everywhere, everything else, probably off the pitch and training-wise has gone in the right direction. Sit right into that mic there for me. Um, tell me a bit about yourself. You, you came to us from Wexford. Where did you start your career? How long have you been doing this? So yeah, I've been playing football locally with Mid Sutton. Played there for in my local hall and out on the grass for about two years. And then I was at Malahide for eight years. So I loved my time there. I was out in Gannon Park all the time. It's a great place to be. And then went to obviously Bowles for two years at 17s, two years at 19s, and then yeah, probably half season at first team. And then on to Wexford then for six months, which was probably me up to now, my favourite time of football. That was I loved that experience there and I can't thank everyone there enough. You had a couple of Reds legends guiding you in Ian Ryan and Lorcan <laughs> Yeah, two great lads now, two uh two good people and two obviously great coaches. Obviously I know Lorks when he was playing and uh, probably we didn't have a great night in in Talca that night Ian getting sent off and, <laughs> and Lorks, but no, it was good. They're good lads and they're great coaches as well, so and uh, the road to Shells, I think a lot of Bowes fans were surprised that the club had let you go. How did the move to Shells come about after you finished up at Wexford? Yeah, so I was let go and that's it. That's all I can really say about that. It was just a phone call and it was done and I was let go. And then um, I was actually, <laughs> I was in the car with my mates and I was just driving around and got a text off. Damien Duff, obviously I didn't have his number saved and I just started laughing. I turned to my mates and I said, ah, oh, this is someone winding me up, is it? Like, at first and then, uh, he rang me then a few minutes later and I, I didn't believe all my mates started laughing in the car and then just from there I knew uh, he asked me to meet me the next day and I tried to give him kind of the cold shoulder and say yeah I'll meet you and still talking to a few clubs and stuff but <laughs> I, I knew straight away I think everyone knows when you start speaking to to the man himself you, you're never going to say no are you? you're playing hard to get yeah I tried to give him the cold shoulder but yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it worked I think he knew straight away risky send him to your a non-existent agent yeah. here talk to oh, the agent uh, yeah be in touch I'll be in touch <laughs> I don't think it worked do you? you get that text I'd say you're probably thinking well I, I can't not do this now like before you even have a serious thought about what you want to do next once you get that text probably all bets are off yeah, no, and I had, I had met with clubs, two or three clubs that were outside of Dublin and they probably would have moved out of home and that was kind of something that I was actually looking forward to but look, when, when Damien comes calling, you're not going to say no and uh, obviously I met him and Joey and I knew straight away two legends in, in the league and two legends in football in general in Ireland so yeah, it's uh, it's something you can't turn down and I'm delighted I didn't so. What's that step up been like because everyone we've talked to has talked about the intensity and the demands and everyone I've talked to on mic off mic they say they've never experienced anything like it in football. Yeah, it's 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 two different worlds. Playing first division is is great. It's there's a lot of young lads in the league and you get a chance to shine but when you're in the premier and you're playing with the big boys you, you know all about it. Look, <laughs> my body knew all about it Saturday morning. I was I was dying. I had knocks and niggles that I'm still kind of sore from now but that's where you want to be. Like if you're if you're in football, and as Gavin said earlier about the club off the pitch, if you don't have ambition, you're in the wrong sport. Whether it's even in life, if you don't have ambition, like what are you living for? You have to have something to go towards, and that's definitely what you want to do. You want to be at the top. You want to be playing against the best players, and that's where I am now. And hopefully, I'll be staying here. So, tell us about Friday night. Um, obviously, there was a, a lot of hype around it um, for management, for players, for staff, for club, for everything, for fans. Um, the game was a weird one. Didn't feel like a 3-0 game, but 
Could the have the been a four 0 game. Yeah, he hit the cross. Like, yeah. it's just this mad game where it could either finish three three four 0 and n- none of the results would have made sense. Hmm. Yeah, no, it was. Look, I don't think it was a three 0 Now the experience of it all was brilliant. I when I was going out in the tunnel, it was probably the. I know it sounds bad. One of the best moments of your life is standing there and there's four thousand people outside and friends, family, dads, there. Everyone's there. Like everyone that you do you play football for is there to watch it and that was brilliant and I loved that side of it and I loved the game and then when you lose 3-0 obviously you're fuming and obviously I probably should have scored once or twice I probably owed a chip woman an apology I hit the van more than the goal but <laughs> um, that, will, that will come that's just 35 games to go that's what our that's what our instant reaction was look it's the first game obviously the TV hype and the, the Duffer hype is probably gone down a bit now which is probably what we want we want to just play football and get on with ourselves so What's been the, the the message? I suppose first off, immediately after the game in the dressing room, but then also maybe Sunday morning when you come back in. Um, what's 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 the message from management? I think it's to take the positives from it. I don't think he's going to go in and, and cane anyone and give out to anyone. He's not like that. He's not going to throw anyone under the bus. It's 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 something you have to deal with in football. I think that was a big thing, obviously from first division to Premier as well. Like you get punished. If you lose the ball in bad positions, you're you're going to get punished, especially with the quality that Pat's had, and and I think that's going to happen all season. So you learn from mistakes like that, and that's the important thing. I think probably a good thing. Hopefully, we have them out of our system now going into this double game week. So that's I don't think he was giving out. He was he was positive and he was great. And I kind of left. The, I kind of went into the dressing room head down and left a bit more positive, thinking that right, 35 games to go, nothing, nothing's won the first game of the season, nothing's happened. So. We'll uh, we'll be bouncing back this week, hopefully. It must have been pretty cool though when he came out of that tunnel. Um, the display was amazing from from the BD. Oh, unbelievable! It's really really good. Um, really voiceless, you know, sets of fans. Uh, you, you, there's been a lot of talk about the ground and stuff, but like talk is a special space, a special pace, and you know, with the color, the vibrancy, the noise, it, it must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it is, and Shell's not the same place without Talca. It's not the same club, and I think everyone knows that, even from outside of the place. But like when you're walking out, and I didn't think we would turn and face the fans when you're looking at that display, and it's kind of it's the first time I've ever been properly hairs on the neck standing up, and you're getting goosebumps, and you kind of have a hit of reality about how lucky you are as well that you're you're playing the biggest game of the probably the well, first game week and you're on telly and like where else where else in the country would you rather be what other club would you rather be at at the moment so it's definitely a, it's definitely a good experience until 20 minutes in sticks <laughs> in the top corner <laughs> I mean the first minute you're probably thinking God, this couldn't go any better like we're 1-0 up oh wait no I'm offside yeah I can't if was I was you I, offside I th- yeah, yeah well, I, I actually I was Jack offside back twice. Yeah. I watched it twice uh, I watched it emotionally on Friday night and then properly on Saturday Um were no, you offside? I was offside, yeah. But I said it to the line at half time and she actually gave offside for Arnold Driscoll. Or I think it could have been Dan Carver. She didn't. She said, oh no, it wasn't you. But then when I watched the back, it was me. So she got the call right, but okay. the wrong call, I think. Yeah, we let them away with that. To yeah. be fair, no, I think the officials had a good yeah. game. They like, did, yeah. yeah. Rob was brilliant in the middle, I think. So I yeah. think they got they got a pretty price and they deserved it. The game was... Except for the penalty them. decision. I don't think that's a penalty, being honest. I Come on, Gav. I don't know. I was beside it as well. His hand was ripped. Like no, but it's it's. He's not. He doesn't move the hand. He doesn't like the, the hand. Definitely moves. I don't think the hand's. It's unnatural. I don't think it is. 
Jack, you were right beside it. You were on the pitch and you were a This is not meant to be a partisan podcast. Yeah, yeah it is. But like, <laughs> I'll say it's a fan over there. I think if it goes against us, we'd be fuming about something like that. Yeah. But you obviously want it. And it will go against us later this season. There will be something yeah. like that. No, but it was. I think it was a great stand. I think if you look off camera, I know it turns to Dan. I'm kind of running towards the fans, buzzing. And then the line goes up and you're you kind of just have a hit of reality but I, th- I thought I started the game well I felt positive I probably should have scored but I think once you get the ball down you run at someone or you, you beat someone and the crowd gets behind you, you your confidence is up and you feel like you can do anything then yeah you look like a player who backs yourself because like even when you played in Talca like it didn't obviously it's it's a very uh, humbling defeat the last time you played there for Wexford but it didn't look like that step up because it's a big step up from coming there behind closed doors probably a couple of hundred people if even in the stands you get well beaten and then the next time you're there you're playing in the game everyone wants to watch and you probably had one of the best best performances on the night of anyone on the pitch it seemed like you kind of relished those big games yeah well I think that's that's my game I think that's what I was brought in to do and I I'm not going to shy away from that. I know I'm, I was 20. I was one of the youngest players in the pitch, but that's what I was brought in to do. You're not, you're not going to fear anything. Like what's, you're not going to die. You're not going to. No one's going to kill you after the game. You're going out to play football, and you have to enjoy it. And I think that's a big thing, though. If you start well, and like I, I think I ran at him straight away, beat him, got no meg, and then your confidence is up. You feel like you take on the world when you hear the crowd behind you, especially how loud they are. It's like, you hear it on the pitch. I know a lot of people say you don't. I heard, I heard, everything. I heard every word with abuse, everyone getting behind you. <laughs> you hear it all and I think it's good and bad, but I think when it's when it's going for you, you, f- you feel unbelievable and that's that was a great start to the game. So And the fans were with you the whole way, like even at 3-0 down, it even felt, until the third goal goes in, I don't think the head's dropped. Like I, I don't think we were out of the game. Yeah, I still think at 2-0 I had another chance and then I think uh, Dan had one as well and like if you score one of them and the keeper drops one or something like that mm. and yeah the fans even at 3-0 when, like, when, I, when I came off obviously I walked off on that side it was nothing but positive and that's like you can't ask for anything more from the fans you just want the same every week hopefully mm. Is that the biggest strength of your game that when you get the ball at your feet you back yourself to take on and beat people because it seems like that's going to be a big thing for you this season that just belief every time you take someone on you get by them Yeah well I, I always kind of slag a few other lads in the middle about going backwards too much like you're not going to score and running backwards are you so mm. I always think that's yeah it's probably the best part of the game is just running at people and really enjoying myself on the ball and not just kind of trying to get rid of it and going at people and decision making now obviously I have to add stuff to my game that's going to end product and stuff but I think it's that's definitely yeah we may part of my game is just running at people and, and going up and, and trying to get past people and create something You've been listening to the 1895 podcast the official podcast of Shelburne FC To hear this episode in full you can subscribe to the series at patreon.com forward slash Shells FC where memberships begin from €3 Euro per month This podcast is brought to you by Off The Ball, official media partners of Shelburne FC.